You're listening to All Art is Quite Useless, where a group of mates chat about art. We talk about music, literature, films, paintings, and everything in between. The podcast is also brought to you by Cavity Magazine, a magazine dedicated to bringing you the latest developments from the front lines of online writing. Find us on Twitter, at Cavity Magazine, and submit today. Alternatively, you can get in touch by emailing at submissionscavmag at gmail.com. Submissionscavmag at gmail.com. All is quite of Olivia, we're all watching Blue is the Warmest Colour, the 2013 film by Abdelati Kashish. Oh, I hope I got that right. I couldn't actually find anywhere online that had his name pronounced, so I've taken a punt on it. And again, I didn't really do much French at school. Uh, do go ahead and watch this film if you don't wish to be spoiled for it, as we are going to go into the plot. <laughs> what plot? Oh, and do listen to the very end for a special guest appearance from Jamie's housemate Jack, who may be handing Jamie uh, one of the largest cocktails I've ever seen. Toodlepip. This week we are looking at um, the French film uh, Blue is the Warmest Colour. Uh, it came out in 2013. The director has a long name that I will not be able to pronounce, so I'll just refer <laughs> to him as the director throughout. The um, director. <laughs> the director. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Direct it's a, injector. For everyone who doesn't know, it's a, uh, a lesbian film. About a young girl called Adele. You say who... that like it's a genre. <laughs> well, that is what it is. It is on Netflix. LGBT yeah. films. Is it? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. That is a genre. Yeah. Lesbian, yeah. gay, cinema. Yeah, one of the categories hmm. is lesbian and gay. Oh, yeah. I've just never heard anyone say, should we watch a lesbian film? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Dragging in the wrong circles, mate. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. What a sheltered um, life I've led. Yeah, so the film centres around the main character, Adele, who is, like, in... I guess she's, like, sixth form age, if you're from the UK, or, like, I don't know, college? Yeah, she's, like, she's she's a junior, but I think yeah. she's, like, 17 or something. And she's just basically a girl, and she's a bit, like... I think the film starts when she's younger than... I, I have a feeling I read one synopsis where it was 15. What? It starts... No, not 15. I think I think I think I read one synopsis where it said the film starts when oh, she's fifteen. Well, she well, maybe it's like young for the year then, maybe. 
I thought she was like but 15 yeah. for quite a lot of it because then they mention like I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here but when she's in the bar later she's the um she calls well she calls her out for being underage yeah but I think that's for drinking she's definitely under 18 she oh, has okay. her 18th birthday mm. in the film so yeah I'm guessing she's 17 but yeah anyways um so she's a bit lost clearly as a teenager she's quite shy she, um, she's sort of tries out this relationship with this guy doesn't feel anything breaks up with him and then she meets a uh art student called emma who's played by leah sado and then the film follows their relationship and obviously watch it before you listen to this podcast because there'll be several spoilers um so their relationship and then their breakups and their life after their relationship um i chose it because i saw this film in when it came out and i just always have loved it it's been a favorite film of mine and i wanted to bring it to the podcast to see what you guys would think so yeah what did you guys think <laughs> who wants to take it away i think you should jack because you saw it you saw it like hours before us recording this so <sighs> yeah so i watched this i watched this on the day of recording um i skipped through many scenes because I was incredibly bored by this film. Oh my god. It's three fucking hours. <laughs> and nothing happens. It oh is so Christ. boring. Don't get me wrong. There is stuff that I do like in this film. But a three hour film needs to justify its <laughs> runtime. And it did not. It, it, just, it just didn't. Um, I think that's a fair enough statement. I thought that the cinematography, uh, at first I found it quite um, engaging. It reminded me a lot of uh, the way Shane Meadows directs his films. Like, it reminded me quite a lot of This Is England, where yeah. it's like handheld and up close and quite intimate. But um, sort of after the first half an hour, once I discovered that <laughs> all it was going to be was close-up of this girl's like gaping mouth... As she slobbers food over her face, <laughs> and it's gonna be that for three hours. I was just like, mm, nah. So <laughs> I like fast forwarded it in quite a few places. Um, I thought a lot of the sex scenes were pretty gratuitous, not gonna lie. Uh, I, yeah, it made me quite uncomfortable. That might just be my natural prudish nature. As an Englishman, <laughs> um, not quite, not quite down for this, you know. I say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, was... too rich for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it? Uh, yeah, I was, I was. So I found myself skipping through a lot of the film. A lot of the acting was quite good, quite naturalistic. I thought that the main character who plays Adele. She was a bit wooden at times, and like I kind of didn't really know what she was meant to be expressing in a lot of the scenes. In other scenes, she's quite good, like in the scenes where uh, her and Emma are like um, fighting, like that. I thought that was that was quite good. Uh, I thought Emma was great actually, like as her her performance was fantastic. Um, I think she's in the Lobster. I think I know who she plays in the Lobster, mm-hmm. and uh, she does a she yeah. Does, she she's does also a... in the uh, James Bond, didn't she? Mm. Yes. Yeah, she's a Bond girl. I think it's in Skepta. Skepta, yeah, Vector. that's a, that's that's what it is. 
Oh, shut up. It's my poor pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, weird fish is Apragi. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I thought that the film wanted me to like like Emma a lot more than I than I ended up liking her. I thought she was an insufferable cow. Um, throughout <laughs> throughout it, uh, she 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 was yeah. she was awful, and she like basically in my I, the way I kind of see her, uh, she's she's like she kind of took advantage of like her naivety and like then got upset when she acted like a naive and immature person. Uh, Wait, are you talking about Emma or Adele? Um, Emma got upset at Adele for acting like a naive and immature person when she literally like scooped her up, like yeah. So yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. Uh but I don't I don't know if I was supposed to or not. Um but yeah, just really boring cuz I I've just seen like I've seen that kind of relationship and like the tragedy of love and stuff done in a more engaging and more uh timely manner <laughs> than than it than blue is the warmest color. So um yeah, blue is the dullest color. Jack Jack Campion twenty twenty. <laughs> um Jamie, what are your thoughts? Um I really enjoyed it. And I'm afraid Yay. of I'm afraid of becoming that guy who says he likes everything. But I did genuinely Find a lot to like in this film. <laughs> that is a bit you, though, Jamie. You yeah, tend me. to do that. You're just a good sport. <laughs> I'm just looking for positives, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're a positive I, I, person. I think it's also worth saying that I'm kind of a sucker for these kinds of films, like independent coming of age, which this is a bit. I think the first half is a lot more than the second half, but those kind yeah. of films, if it's done well, I usually find a lot of charm in. And usually. That's quite an endearing thing for me. So I think a lot of it was down to that. I actually liked the filmmaking the whole way through. I know, Jack, you said that um, he found that kind of as it went on to it like dulled a bit on you. But yeah. I liked the kind of handheld up close parts of it. I thought that the film was definitely aiming for realism um, and making you feel as you're in the mm. moment. And that all helped in terms of a lot of the shots being close up and almost un uncomfortably close to their faces. And I, I think quite a lot of the film does want to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. There's quite a lot of the stuff that they're going through and that age generally, quite an uncomfortable period in anyone's life. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I felt that that's <clears throat> what they were shooting for in that regard. Um, I do agree. I think it could be a little bit shorter. There's a couple of places I think where a little bit could be, be trimmed up, yeah. <laughs> but I think, like in terms of the actual scenes, there's nothing I'd take out. It would just be trimming things down a bit, making it nice. But I thought mm. every scene was valid, and every I couldn't think of any when I was watching it because I had that thought of quite long. But then going back and thinking, are there any whole or entire sequences that I would want to take out from the film, or that I? Any, Not one any of the few very that. long sex scenes. Those, those... <laughs> they were Jamie's favourite. Jamie wanted more sex scenes. I think those those bits definitely could have been trimmed down quite a lot. Yeah, but um, they should have also had clothes I, on. I also I also got the impression. 
I also got the impression that those <laughs> scenes were kind of meant to redress some kind of balance because it's not something that's seen on screen very often. And I think particularly at that time, like I was reading online before this, that the year that it came out was the year that um, same-sex marriage was legalized in France. Mm. So I don't know whether that was kind of the yeah. direct aim to not overload the film, but, you know, put a healthy portion of that as a representative part of the film. Yeah. We'll come back to the sex scenes later because I've got a few issues and I've got a few things I want to say about them and I'd be interested to hear your guys' support. Uh, Louis, what what did you make of it? I uh, More on Jack's side than anything here. Yes! Uh, <laughs> two on two. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is just honest. I think this film is painfully long. It needs a heavy edit. And... Also, like I feel bad as Jack was speaking, I just nodding so much. Just like you kind of hit a lot of the points that I wanted to make, and just that I've seen the heartbreak of passionate relationships done a bit better and in way less time on screen before. For the amount that clearly a lot of effort's gone into this film, and the performances are really good. Well, actually, I think the SAD is really good. Once, also like Jack's head, I think I didn't know what the character of Adele was supposed to be getting across to me sometimes, and I couldn't tell whether that was a language barrier thing or a performance thing. But it was just so many times where I was like, it was like an hour and like twenty minutes into this film, and I was like, I still don't even entirely know who this character of Adele really is. I couldn't really tell you what her traits were at this point in the film. Um, because sure she had lines of dialogue, but and never, never that revealing. I'm, I don't know if that's a stylistic thing of we're not supposed to. She's quite typical in the sense that she's she could be any sort of character. I don't know. I just for a film that's going to be three hours long and a coming of age thing, I want to I want to like my central character a lot more than I did. Um, generally speaking, I think a lot of the dialogue was quite insufferable. <laughs> the amount of scenes that took place in an English class, uh, English like li- literature class, that is. Uh, oh, it's just like I, I. Uh, at least they were discussing French literature. Some of which I looked up afterwards and actually sounded quite interesting. But I was just like, oh, this is so. Try not to make the pun, but masturbatory. <laughs> like, look at how grand and lofty the ideas of this film are. And I just like I just didn't buy into much of it. I I really wanted to like this film as well because I've been wanting to see it for a long time. And I remember Mark Commode's review being really positive when it came out, and I'd been interested in seeing it at some point. But for the amount of reverence that this film gets, I just didn't. I couldn't see it. Uh, like I said, man, just too long. Mm. I could barely think of films that I like that are three hours long that justify their runtime. Yeah, I love Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but I still think there's scenes in that that could go, go a bit. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I had to watch it in two sittings, and I think partially that's down to uh, the camera work was just making me feel a bit nauseous at times, and just how close it was. Honestly, because the film starts out with all the eating stuff, and the eating stuff doesn't go away. Mm. And that camera is always so close to every character, and I was just crying out for them to just 
pull it back a bit. There's one shot where I think it's after they have their really massive fight and they've split up and she's back in the schoolroom and the kids have left and she just sits down and starts to break down a little bit. And that was like the only one of the only wide shots I could remember in the entire film. And I was like, yes, finally, like it looks better because you can see her in the space of a room mm. and you can see like her. You can visibly see her aloneness. Yeah. And then within three seconds, it's right back in her face. The camera It's just like, oh, I don't want to yeah. keep looking at her like, <laughs> like this close. Mm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack in this film. For a three-hour film, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you guys know I'm a big fan of it. And I did try, because I haven't seen it in a few years, so I did really try and be like, right, I'm going to get my critical hat on. going to forget my prior feelings about the film and just try and watch it fresh. And I did enjoy it every bit as much as I did the other times. And I can see your statements. I personally don't find it too long, but... Obviously, if I really like a film, I don't find it too long. Like I find Lord of the Rings like the longest film ever to watch. I like it, but it's so fucking long. Whereas this film, <laughs> I get to the end and I could watch more because I find it so compelling the way that the story is told. And just the story of Adele, I think it tells such an honest story about like being young and being unsure of yourself and then just having this like really passionate love and how you can be like really naive, but then it will obviously make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's fair what you said about the dialogue seeming a bit pretentious at times. I agree. There are definitely a lot of pretentious scenes, but I think it's sort of justified by the fact that Adele is not a pretentious character. Like she's definitely one of the more humble characters in it like she wants to be a teacher she's alienated from emma's whole like upper social circle she doesn't really she doesn't try and like raise herself to be considered valuable by emma and her friends she's just herself the entire way through and i think when you said that you don't know who she is obviously i think that's probably partly to do with the fact that it's a coming of age film the first half especially so you're still like getting to know who she is and she doesn't even know who she is herself but yeah, I just something about it is so compelling. I think it's so such an intimate film and I just I love I I love the food in the film. I could literally like eat all the food. It looks so nice. I don't have an issue with the food. Oh yeah, it's <clears throat> yeah. Seeing this <laughs> smack the around their faces and like it's like they're trying to okay, like films don't portray people eating accurately because like there's that mm-hmm. obviously everyone knows about like if you really pay attention to actors eating in a film they never really eat they just move food around mm. so like this is obviously the the director trying to be really realistic and get them get you to show them no like this is really what people look like when they eat they're not beautiful when they eat everyone makes weird faces when they when they eat mm. and it's like yeah yeah, I get that. I've seen The Sopranos. Like, they eat all the time in that show. Actually, they don't get spaghetti and fling it into their mouths <laughs> and chew and spaghetti. suck it up into the... Yeah, and, like, wipe their faces with their hands that have sauce on it. Do that. <laughs> you go, oh, it's so good. Can I have some more? And then just, like, <laughs> slap it into their face and just, like... Ah, uh, it it frustrates me. I but I have like 
really really big issues with like it's clearly a stylistic choice mm. yeah he's obviously clearly thought i'm gonna do i'm gonna I'm tentatively gonna do that but i just couldn't tell to what end what for realism's sake it's like, I, mm. I i think it was indicative of like something wider and that the film generally isn't kind of afraid to show blemishes or affections whether that be eating or any other regard in this film and like you know even down to like you said, Jack, they were clearly aiming for realism, even if it was a little bit exaggerated. Like, down to the... the I, another thing that I noticed was that there's no... Um, well, the sound is only diegetic. There's no non-diegetic yeah. music or anything. It's all mm. everything that you're experiencing I, in there like is that. with the characters. And, yeah, there's yeah. nothing with kind of outside influences. Which, that, and, like, the length as well, kind of made me think okay this is going for realism yeah it's going for that kind of sense of not that this is the reason that it's three hours but um living in that world and having all those little bits that usually would be cut out like long awkward pauses which they leave in in this film Mm. which i think is a good idea because it leaves like time for those little moments that otherwise you might miss or you know things that do happen in real life those pregnant pauses you get conversation yeah I, I appreciate it. Écoute les phrases et répète. Tout arrêt tout à fait inutile. Avec Louis. Avec Olivia. Avec Jack. Et avec Jamie. Maintenant de retour au spectacle. Merci. did feel very contrived though like with everything that happens uh romantically like oh she's you know oh she's entering a world that she doesn't know oh uh this person who she's seen once before is really nice to her and then she's like strikes a conversation oh we've got so much in common oh this person's mysterious i'm attracted to them and then like oh they're hanging outside my school gates. I I think that's the biggest issue I had as well. <laughs> yeah, and then they go to a gallery and like they have a picnic and they yeah. have really inane conversations and and like, uh yeah, just I just didn't I I didn't like it. <laughs> just that's all there is in this three hour film. Like you can't just have that like the most cliche and boring of romances, which this is except the fact that they're lesbian. Like, you can't just have that in a three-hour film because there needs to be more, and there isn't. Sorry, Louis, what were you saying? Uh, I, I think the thing that frustrated me in a similar sense to you the most is that I could... You could see everything coming on the horizon, this entire film, yeah. from about <laughs> an hour ahead of where you were, and then... Which is, you know, fine at least give me characters that I'm a bit more engaged with then. Yeah. It could work a bit more if they, if I bought into them a bit more, but I just didn't really buy into them I, that much I find it... for a film that is their central love. We, honestly, I, it's bizarre. I, I know that that's yeah. the thing that they've been praised for the most, but it, I just didn't really buy into them that much. Yeah. I, I, I obviously couldn't disagree more, but 
<laughs> it's interesting that yeah, you said so... that you didn't think Adele gave a good performance. The actress is called Adele as well. She's named after the character is named after her, but because she's <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh that they changed the name of the character. Yeah, to her name. Yeah. <laughs> so it reminds me of extras where they have to change <laughs> yeah. they have to change Keith Chegwin's name on his sitcom to Keith because otherwise he has no idea who the hell they're talking to. I was about to say that. I watched that episode recently and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't that think might be harsh on her. <laughs> I didn't think that she gave a bad performance all round, but there's no, a there's a lot of there is a lot of her just pouting, or well not pouting, just like open mouth stare. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, she's got Christian Stewart syndrome in Twilight, where don't she's just like mouth breathes. Through, don't you think that's more um, a directorial choice, or like editorial choice, rather well, than it was a, a fault one? If it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's just she annoying. She's really good in some scenes in this film, and that's the thing that confuses me the most. When I finished this film this morning. I had no idea how I felt about it because overall I was bored to tears. But there are some moments in it that are really good. Yeah. And where the performances really do work for me. Which is why I believe there is a, a good film in here that I would really enjoy somewhere. But it's just so lost in the edit mm. and certain writing choices mm. just sort of let it down for me. I, th- I thought that um, the best scene for me was uh, the, the party scene. Yeah, um, I because I that was where I was like, oh, if the rest of the film's like this, then I can kind of for, I can I can forgive it. Like, is this the the, the one, the one where Emma has like her art friends over? Yeah, because I yeah, liked okay. how the film was making fun of the. Well, I think it was at once making fun of it and then also smelling its own farts a bit about how everyone is like really arty and pretentious, but also like. The film is really arty or trying to be like that a little bit mm. and also has lots and lots of references to stuff like that yeah. um, but anyway like i thought it did a good job of contrasting uh how uh emma's really engaged with that world and how adele and that other actor guy uh are just like not asked about it at all and i like that was the best stuff in the film for me was the relationship between those two yeah uh that mm. developed but then that only it was only a very small window in in the film in contrast to the rest of the film and and like when they're in bed together at after the party and they're both just like very very distant even though they're physically close like that was kind of i just needed that you know i could have had that as a short film yeah and it would have been a great short film but it's not it's inundated with all this like other pointless crap i think that's also my favorite scene as well and I agree with what you say. It's because that is a moment where it's sort of like it hold it holds up all the things the film has been propping up the whole time, and it sort of laughs at them and says, "Look how fucking pretentious these people are. They're such dickheads." And one of yeah. them turned her nose and... up at Adele for saying she was a teacher, and it's just like, "Who? Yeah, what a fucking dickhead." And but, they're all and, taking it. Yeah, and like the people who are talking about art, like I don't, I probably sound really pretentious saying this, but like they're meant to be art like artists and they were literally like talking about the most basic shit and i was like i don't know if that's i don't know if that's that's a fault in the writing or if that's deliberate but i was like like egon shield is not some like underground artist that no one's ever heard of 
you know what I mean? It's just a sight bizarre. But I guess that's just... Well, I've never heard of them, but I, I don't know. If you're interested in art, you, you probably know them. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know my fine art, so... My moment for that was at the end, at the gallery at the end when they have like their last conversation together, and then that guy comes over and it's like, I just wanted to ask what you were thinking when you painted this. Well, I was just like, what? Uh, <laughs> that's a really weird question. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, who? Go- I, I, that's just. It kind of feels like a social faux pas to ask an artist the meaning of something i don't know like, i i i just thought that was weird i think it's definitely that is definitely yeah. I all the art people were acting really weird i got the impression that moment was deliberate because like that guy's a bit he's like going on about the bloody the female yeah. form and it's just like makes you roll your eyes back into your fucking that head. stuff about the mm. orgasm holy shit yeah, yeah. oh yeah. my god it's just like are you f- in fucking like school or something? Like, how old are you? Just grow up. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It's literally like. And I also really struggled with what I don't know if this is a nitpicky thing. It, it does that jump. I think it goes from a dinner uh, Adele's parents, yeah. which is also a really good sequence where there's the two dinners with yeah. the parents. I found that really brilliant. I like. I thought that was really well shown. Yeah, different it's, social. It's subtle but clear. Like the point it's yeah. trying to make. Like it, it's not like. Oh my god, I'm I've got this like lower middle class life. Woe is me. It's just showing like the nuances in their different backgrounds mm. and how that can sort of like create different perspectives within their relationships and it can cause this like lapse in communication or understanding. Yeah. And also how the attitude had how, how the attitude of their parents shaped how they thought about their own identity. Mm. Yeah. I think I was yeah. really confused though but... during that scene sorry, just to finish my point. I was really, really confused during that sequence at like the garden party because it does that jump from uh adele's parents dinner to the future when they're living together in his house mm. and i was just like this is a really big place and it shows the party and they got this big swanky garden mm. and like the projector on the wall of this clearly like quite high end i was just like I needed a little bit more explanation than none. Yeah. As to how these guys are such high socialites when she was just in school. No, I think by and... that point, she's she's an art. She her career is as an artist. Like by the time they're, I, I, I... like one one of the guys at one of the guys at the party like owns one of the biggest galleries in France. Yeah, but I thought she was just like, I don't know. I thought she was just like met like networked to meet him yeah it wasn't apparent to me that that was a norm because they have a conversation about how he was here tonight and it was just like oh wow like that's a big deal mm. but i don't think it was very well communicated to me that they yeah. were like socialites or and suddenly had like quite a lot of money it's it that's a, like that's a anyway. small thing though like you can assume that like she did yeah she was also. And it's one... annoying because I, I was really interested in where they were when they jumped into the future. I, that's I was actually at peak interest then, mm. as to the idea of like, oh wow, what's it going to be like at school now that they know that she is going out with Emma? Oh god, oh, I no. was genuinely interested to see what was going to happen there because there was a huge point of conflict there. Uh, you know, a bit of a trite point of conflict, in my mm. opinion, but it's doing movie things. And I was actually a bit interested to see what the fallout was going to be. Well, I think on um, Adele's no. school life, <laughs> but then it just jumps to the future, and I was just yeah, I was a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah, I... she apparently gets shunned by her friends. I didn't notice that at all. She gets what? 
she gets shunned by her friends or something. I yeah, yeah but who were Im- that, that massive been... dicks from the very first scene of the film. And I was just like, all oh, right, yeah. Like, why would like... she be friends with these oh, people? Been, um... We're talking about sex immediately. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I don't know yeah, if that's just okay, what right. like French culture is like. I know they're obviously a bit more sexual, sexually liberated, maybe yeah, than I was English that. people. But like the way they talk about sex at school was so graphic, like. I wanted to ask you, Liv, actually, if, like, you and your mates were like that at school at all, because I just, like, I don't remember. Oh, like, I, I don't know if that's what, like, girls of that age are like. No. Not, being one. not, no, not... Oh, I don't even remember my mate, my guy friends being at all like No, that, not, not in that way at all. Nah. Like, that's way more graphic, and they were very, um, like, not very personal about things, I think, that's in England, anyways, yeah. people are quite private about that sort of thing, aren't they? God, we yeah. sound so bloody conservative, to, like... don't we? <laughs> you were saying about some of like the 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 dialogue um earlier that might be all down to like a, a translation thing i was wondering this when i was watching mm-hmm. how much of that is is kind of lost in the I french too, English, and we were obviously all watching it in with translate uh, with subtitles sorry because no, a lot of it, it it has that mm-hmm. it has that anime effect where you're watching you're watching like an anime with subtitles and they'll say something with loads of gusto and like it sounds really cool in japanese and then what they're actually saying is like the the weirdest phrase <laughs> yeah. that doesn't yeah. doesn't that doesn't yeah. fit the context at all. So I think yeah, a, yeah. I think a, a bit of it is lost in translation. But like mm-hmm. I've watched long Korean films before that don't that I do have that they have that issue, but there's still enough going on with like the performances and like the editing and the whole pacing and basically everything with the film is is good so i'm entertained um but i just found that like yeah that nothing none of it worked for me really except like the odd the odd scene here and there and the odd bit of the odd piece of acting um also like is it intentional that she's the biggest that emma's the biggest cliche ever i think she's like yeah She's a cut. She's literally like a cut out art art student, yeah. like pretentious asshole. I think she like, is because that is the whole like the cause of Adele's alienation. Like, obviously, she's really captivated mm. by her at first, and she's like, you know, she represents like all that she wants to be in a sense is that she's like free with who she is. She's confident, you know. She's obviously comfortable with her sexuality, yeah. which Adele is still unsure about. But then, as the relationship progresses, she realizes that. Like Adele is not, she's not really that sort of person. She's just she wants to be a teacher. Yeah. She, you know, she likes spaghetti. She's not bothered about eating oysters and shit. She just <laughs> likes to read and is. She loves spaghetti. She bloody she... loves the spaghetti. She loves, or maybe even hates spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> <But> I... <laughs> I think that thing was like addressed in the film as well. Like when um, they go to Adele's house for dinner, I think yeah. even her her mother says like, "You look like an art student," mm. and a few people say that to her as well. And also on on the other side of that of um, her looking like a lesbian, they address that as well with the school um, mates as well. So yeah, I definitely think it was intentional. Yeah. Fair enough. 
But the, the, where, where I would draw a comparison, though, is like Pretentious done really well is Marriage Story. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Because Adam Driver's character in that is really pretentious. Yeah. But he's done well. He's not a cliche pretentious person. He's not, he's, no. Like, he's quite down to earth and he's quite like, like he's a nice. He, you feel you he, get the sense he's a he's a natural nice person. He's just a bit wrapped up in himself. Yeah, and you don't you don't feel like he's wrapped up in himself because he thinks he's a he's amazing and a genius or anything. He's just kind of incapable of seeing the wood from the trees a bit, and that obviously is a massive thing with his marriage. Whereas I think Emma is really really in love with herself, mm. and like, but that's that's the thing. Ad, Adam Driver in that film is what thirty years old, has gone through multiple relationships and a marriage at that point. Yeah. And these two are teenagers. Yeah. She's like she's like mid twenties by the end though, isn't she? She's by the like, end, yeah. Yeah, Emma's 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 a little bit older. She's old. an art when student, it, so she's like uni age. But when Adele cheats and she like freaks out and starts like hitting her and shit. Mm-hmm. First of all, I was like, whoa, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> uh, but then second of all, I was like, you're literally only upset because like you thought you were better than yeah. her, and now she's gone. Now she's gone against you. That's the only reason you're upset because of your own ego, not because you thought that you were in a relationship. Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, I did not feel one ounce of sympathy for Emma. At I didn't. All. She's so I, cruel to I, I, Adele. I, like in that scene and yeah, before, she's a bitch. She's not very nice yeah. to her. Like, the thing is, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that as like a negative against the film. But it didn't help. I was going to say, like, have, having, having fallible characters isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, definitely not. But it didn't help that I was stuck with her for such a long time. Do you know what I mean? And like, I, I, didn't, I didn't like her from the off. She was a cliche. And then when she's, when she's really mean-spirited all the time, it doesn't... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it's, like, it's like The Wolf of Wall Street. Like, when, when The Wolf of Wall Street came out, Mark Kermo was like, you like spending time with Henry Hill from Goodfellas because he's actually like really charismatic and quite nice on the surface, but he's actually a horrible gangster. But then you don't like spending mm-hmm. time with the Wolf of Wall Street guy because he's just a in, in and out asshole. Yeah. That's how I yeah. felt about, about Emma. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? And it's like, mm. I'm forced to spend this time with you. You need to endear me to you somehow. And yeah. she just didn't and like, in any way. Adele, in, in that breakup scene, like it's just, I think that is like the best bit of acting from Adele, the actress. Like, the way she like cries and stuff, yeah. it's like yeah, that, good. that scene is yeah, so realistic. Great. And it's like so heartbreaking. You just yeah. feel like she's such a lost person who's like obviously she knows she's done wrong, but she she's not a bad person. She was just fucking confused and alienated and she's genuinely like sorry and it's just yeah, such a good bit of ac- acting on her part. Yeah. She wasted like the prime years of her life on like yeah. this absolute <laughs> I would love to have seen a bit more of other characters in the film, especially the characters from like the first act of it. Yeah, okay. Like yeah, I, I quite liked him in the film. I thought he was quite an interesting mm, character. Yeah, me too. But he, once again, he just gets dropped, and it's like, and at the points of the film, in like the second half of it, chapter two, as like the French title of the film is like the life of Adele, chapters one and two, isn't it? Or something like that. Yeah, and the film is like pretty clearly severed down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, the second half of the film, I was just crying out for another character for her to talk to. 
Mm. Yeah, he wasn't. Emma. Yeah. Some relief. Because for as all of us think that first half was quite cliche in a lot of its senses, it did some of it right. And I would have preferred some more characters for her to bounce off. I know that the whole thing they're doing is like, it's about these two people. But I found one of them insufferable, and in order to get more out of Adele, I needed her to bounce off someone else, for me, personally. Mm. Yeah. But then I guess I guess the second half of the film is showing about how how alone she is. It was a relief when she's know. in when she when when there was there are scenes with her in the nursery because it's just like oh thank God Emma's not in these scenes. Yes, <laughs> I I thought the exact same thing. I was so thrilled when we got nursery scenes. I love they those. By. They're so cute and heartwarming. I I love. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it's, it's so sweet. Those, those kids those... with the really big glasses were so adorable. Oh yeah. Yeah. The kids, the Those kids were some of the sweet. scenes that like um, endeared me to Adele most because it's like up to that point that you see that she has a real passion. Yeah, and she. I think that... that's where and it's it's the only scenes as well where she doesn't feel like an outsider or she doesn't feel like she's mm. out of her comfort zone. It's the only place where she's clearly comfortable, and I think that's why you know a lot of the film it ends like it does in those splits and those separations happen, but. Yeah, I, I, in terms of like her being an endearing character, those were the scenes for me that made the most impact. Yeah, and I can forgive a, 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 a sometimes boring and one-note performance, to, to be fair. Like, not all of my favourite films have amazing acting in it all the way throughout, you <clears> know <throat> what I mean? Like, definitely, because if I'm endeared to a character, if they're a bit spotty every now and then with the acting, it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference, because I'm still like, I'm still there for the character. Um, but like Louis said, it would have been really nice to have a counterpoint between Adele, uh, Adele and someone else. Like if if she because she does literally spend all of her time with Emma, and then even when she goes off and has an affair, I don't remember hearing the person she has an affair with speak at all. She never gives. <laughs> I don't think she ever gives a like they ever have any kind of romance do they yeah, they, they, they have like, one conversation in, in, I in the know, school I, I bought into that I, I i bought into that yeah i think it was just out of desperation yeah. wasn't it it wasn't the romance wasn't necessary yeah i was gonna say i, I don't think Maybe. she felt any romantic feelings towards him Maybe. i thought the scene where they danced together was really good actually mm. yeah that was a scene I that, that was went on fun that was a scene where i was like Okay, how long has it been? I was looking at my watch. I was like, "How long have we been dancing for?" Lads, come on, speed it up a bit. Hi. Hi. Um, I'd like a croissant, please. Yes, that's true. He would. Okay, croissant, sure. He's very popular. Being more sensible about it. Mm, that's true. I suppose he didn't have to say that. Je veux un croissant. Did anyone? Did anyone think that? The cinematography was just really obnoxious. Yeah, at times. I did. In terms of when they're sat on like that bench kissing, and that golden <laughs> beam of light is right in between them, I'm just like, oh god, this is just really trying to hit all the cliches, isn't it? And it's like, right, the film's called Blue is the Warmest Color. Like her hair be blue. She's always wearing a blue dress. When they hang out, they got blue nails. She's always. <laughs> it's, yeah. It was just like, yeah, yeah. I, get, I get it. I get what uh, you're yeah. doing. It's begging, it's begging for an obnoxious, uh, softly spoken man with a uh, an Irish accent to do a video essay on saying, 
What is the meaning of blue? In blue is the warmest color. <laughs> Here we can see Adele's wearing a blue scarf. You know, I yeah. mean, uh, it, the was, it was the symbolism in the those. film is not subtle, and I do agree. Like sometimes, like in one scene where they're like having, they're just like chilling in the grass, and Emma's eyes are like really blue, and it's like it looks like you you're in year eight and you've just put an effect on to make your eyes really blue, like that bit. <laughs> It was a bit jarring. Yeah. Oh, she's oh, she's in the sea and she's around. Oh, but Blue is now drowning her. Oh, oh no, oh. I do like that. I think that's really beautiful. That short. Oh, but what about their last encounter in that in that cafe? Yeah. When Emma walks in from the blue lighting, mm. and then and then Adele's wearing a blue dress, but then actually <laughs> uh, Emma's going to walk back through the blue lighting, and she says goodbye <laughs> to the blue. Blue. <laughs> Blue. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a cinder block over the head, the colour symbolism in it. Alright, we've had a lot of slagging yeah. off. I need to hear from Jamie's side. We haven't had enough. <laughs> we haven't had enough of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Louie and I will be starting our own podcast called um, <laughs> Fuck Blue is the Warmest Colour. <laughs> um, I really liked the amount of parallels that there are in this film. That's something that I noticed on that viewing that kind of stuck with me, whether it be through um, the first chat that Adele has with the first guy. Um, yeah. I think they go for the food and then later on, because they, they talk in that scene about um, her liking the book and him not liking the book. And then later on, she has basically the same conversation with Emma. Except mm-hmm. And there's loads of like moments like that throughout the film where I thought, okay, this is in terms of the way that uh, both the two parts are separated and how it ends and how it begins, you can definitely see that a lot had gone into thought had gone into the narrative construction of it, and I appreciate. Yeah, it, I think the script is its its strong points. It's so natural. Um, can we can we move on to the sex scenes? Because that's obviously like <laughs> that's such a big talking point with the film, and that is like one of the things that people talk about the most when you hear this film. Because obviously, it's so. Mm-hmm like probably the most sex scenes I've ever seen in a film and the most explicit mm. all in one, like the length and the explicitness. Um, yeah, and it was actually, I'll go into a bit of context. There's actually um, some controversy, obviously a lot of the original author who wrote the graphic novel this is based on um, said that she wasn't happy with how it was portrayed in the film and it was nothing to do with, she like had no input. What, why would she to be fair but she just wanted to make that clear and she said that she thought they were like serving the male gaze or whatever fair enough uh-huh. point I can, buy, I can buy into that theory especially that shower scene talk. yeah <laughs> just like it was just so gratuitous yeah. and it had no it's like who, who is it had no bearing who on is this serving like I don't understand the benefit of making it that long and explicit like I feel like it's only serving the the director's weird fantasy like i just can't imagine in what context any viewer would need those amounts of like sex scenes yeah well i think that because i i feel like this this film is um marketed as a feminist film um and obviously there are different uh views on the male gaze depending on which school of feminism you subscribe to because like there's quite a lot of feminists who are like uh who would say like it's all like a fight against the male 
uh, gaze by being as like explicit as possible yeah. and like giving it too much. Mm-hmm. And then there is like the opposite side of the spectrum, which is like, no, like avert the gaze because like it's oppressive. And we don't benefit like from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt like this film was trying to do the former, but I feel like it's massively undercut because like it's yeah it's just it's so gratuitous that like i can just imagine like a compilation cd of this existing and like uh being passed around a school yeah <laughs> like an all-boys school <laughs> like blue is the warmest color all sexy just like do you know what that's I mean? what happens in france like, i yeah so i don't think that it's a particular victory I'm not. I'm not bothered. Like, I don't really like sex sex scenes in films as a as a whole, unless they serve like a very specific purpose. Yeah. If it's just to show two, if it's just to show two characters like close and in love, like I don't, I don't give it. I I, I can do without it because mm. I just find them like a bit cringe and quite boring. Um, yeah, they were definitely boring. A, I, <laughs> not, not enough explosions. <laughs> There were some explosions in this. <laughs> um, I I, I want to bring a bring a film that you might have heard of. Um, it's called Shame. It's got Michael Fassbender in it. Uh, that's a film about a sex it's on addict. On my shelf, but I've never seen it. It's fucking amazing, and that has got a lot of sex scenes in it. But they're not. I'd say that does a better job in averting the male gaze than this does. Because it's like sex is made really like gross in that, but not like gross in a it's overly exposed and like you know kind of way. It's 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 um it's gross in a like sad way and depressing way. Yeah, like he's he's addicted to sex, and it's not like a fun thing for him. It's like a really like morbid thing mm. um so yeah a big recommend shame um i skipped through the sex scenes in this like after the first two i was like i'm done fuck this i just well, yeah, like that's the thing you, you just... get the point of what they're trying to say with them very quickly they're really yeah. passionate they they're, they're really yeah. passionate okay i get it and then it goes on for another five minutes just... but the thing is the sex scenes don't actually feel very intimate at all like there's no nice moments of like them just like speaking to each other or anything that feels like realistic at all it's literally just here's how lesbians have sex let's all watch it at a wide angle the only wide angle you're going to get in the film for 10 whole minutes (laughs) there's there's more cinematography in the sex scenes than there is in the entire film yeah it's just i really i don't i don't like the sex scenes at all and i I really take issue about especially because both actresses said they wouldn't work with the director again and they said it was very difficult to work with and I think if you're shooting a film of that nature with those sorts of scenes and you need to make sure that your actresses feel like they're being treated well and they're not fucking yeah, doing in fairness, in fairness they never they never said it was because of the sex scenes they didn't no they did not they said they said well they said those scenes were as difficult to film as the rest of the film because he was so insistent on realism and would just make them do take yeah. after take after take after take to the point where like they were both yeah. crazy. 
No, so in, that is true. Kubrick of just, boring just lesbian films. I do agree that like those sequences of the films are the ones that I think could do with the most editing. That's where you could get the runtime down the most. Um, I do think there are a couple of like sentimental moments though. I think after um, the they have dinner at Adele's house and then it cuts to there's a sex scene immediately after mm. that, which is pretty much entirely comprised of those two speaking. Is it entirely? Uh, there's a little bit of it. I but... thought it's just at the beginning, <laughs> and then it's entirely. I was gonna say if that's the only one that feels earned. That one feels yeah yeah. yeah. I think even then because they have the conversation about it, and it tells a bit about mm. the yeah. wider relationship. And but I, I also I also thought I also thought the reason that it the, they're so prominent in the film is because and they address it at the end that that's what most of their relationship was based off of. Mm. Like when she's trying to win her back at the end. That's one of like the main. Oh ideas. yeah, about that scene. About that. I, hate, I hate that lovers. as well. It's just all too much for me. It's too rich. That scene, <laughs> right? When they meet up at that cafe towards the end, I kept thinking I was imagining yeah. parts happening in it, but they were all actually happening. Because that film, that scene starts out with them like she's got a glass of wine and Emma orders a coffee or whatever. He's having a coffee. Just, yeah, they're just having a little shit yeah. chat, and then. Adele tries on the moves with Emma, like right in the middle of the cafe. Yeah, and that bit was, was like, really weird. I was like, yeah, didn't like. Okay, like I guess they've been sat in here for hours or something, and they're like the last people in there. No, it cuts to a, another. Oh no, one of the few wide shots in the films. You see a couple of people at the yeah, bar who, in the who like were just ignoring it. Shows, it's daytime outside. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, what's happening yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. It's like lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Also, people are of all times of the are, day, lunchtime. How fuming would you be if you were Adele and you come up for this big reconciliation dinner and Emma orders a fucking coffee? I'd literally be so fuming. I'd be like, get a bloody glass yeah. of wine. I'd be like, all right, mate, you're obviously a loser. See ya. Yeah, I literally hate it when people <laughs> do that. I'm, I'm over you now. <laughs> yeah. It really was a, a bit of a sour note in the film. I think that's the it, it 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 the core of their like characters. They're two very different people. I think it takes a while for them to clock onto that, and yeah, maybe that's kind of the reason. Both for obviously it's illustrated quite a lot, and it's illustrated in that scene as well. But yeah, maybe that's why, or that's kind of how I read it in terms of the reason that the sex scenes were so prominent in it. That was, and like like I said earlier, the director was aiming for realism and so didn't want to skimp back on having those kinds of scenes got a point there yeah but there's realism and then there's just like there's a re- there are reasons yeah. why certain yeah, yeah. things aren't in films I just, it's just not entertaining yeah <laughs> i've mm-hmm. come here to be entertained we do know what happens like yeah. <laughs> like we can imagine you know what i mean it's not i don't know but i i, I kind of touched on this point earlier as well but i don't know whether Part of the director's thought process, and I'm I'm assuming quite a lot here, but was about some kind of redress of balance in the, so many films, so many heterosexual sex scenes. But you know, he got the opportunity um, to make to make uh, a film about the gay experience, and kind of wanted to portray it as the gay, and not not um, limit. I, I, Sorry, yeah, I'm not expressing this point in the most articulate way. Yeah. But yeah, 
they didn't want to they wanted to get that as the as the true experience yeah that might be the case but i'd still have an issue with it if it was in a heterosexual film Mm. like it just feels exploitative (laughs) not even that they're exploiting the actresses just they're exploiting sex in a way like we don't need that like i don't know it just feels it just doesn't sit right yeah maybe i wouldn't have been so like hard on the film if the sex scenes were like massively massively toned down or just barely in it like i i then you but then you're left with kind of a just really bland film and like as i said i didn't even i literally skipped through most of the sex scenes but then like they seem to be the the most interesting things in the film because <laughs> there's just nothing there's because other than other than the controversy surrounding that like as me and louis have like kind of battered this dead horse to death with there's just it just feels like a bit of a husk of a film so yeah i don't know i don't know i basically this film just did not work for me in, in any way shape or form um yeah but yeah so maybe the censored version it's a shame i i really <laughs> wanted to like it more than i did so did i i want to i want to point out that i really went into this so optimistic because adam from yms i remember when the film came out uh and he 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 gave it a glowing review like he said it was like really really good i think it was like one of his films of the year um i never i didn't see it when it came out uh but it's always been on my radar. I think 2013 was a really, really interesting year for films as well. And this was one of those films that it was one of those films that you had to see. And uh, that's why I've always wanted to watch it. So when you suggested it, I was really excited and yeah, a bit let down. Mm. Like, Fair enough. I didn't, I, that's why I really wanted to put it to you guys. Cause I did think there'll probably be this sort of, you know, there'll be quite a, a differing reaction across the board. I'm glad you did. Yeah. I'm I glad thought Louis, I thought you'd like it yeah. more. You and me, you and me both mate. <laughs> I'm I'm not surprised by Jack's. Um, yeah, I'm not greatly surprised by your opinion. Oh, why? Well, <laughs> if it's not about a white male, you're not interested, are you, mate? Oh uh, yeah, that's not that's that's definitely not. True. This is getting edited. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cheers, bro. What were you saying, Jamie? Yeah. Um, what what did, did you anticipate me liking? Um, I thought you'd be more open to it. I don't know. You're just open to things. Like I think you... I don't know. You don't close yourself off if there are a few elements you don't like. But, and I know Neither you... Neither do I! <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> just making sly digs over here. No, I don't know. I think I think generally I'm just less harsh. Yeah, you're, you you like a building's Roman, no. so I do. I like this is just Roman, isn't a good right? one. I, I do. Yeah, <laughs> this is very much the twilight of building's Roman. <laughs> I don't think that's a fair comparison. Oh God, it's definitely. <laughs> and also, I really like Twilight. Shut your mouth.
let's all go around and give a cheeky rating then. Okay, um, Jack, you go first. Actually, no, I'll go first because I've already seen it. I'll probably... For me, it's probably one of my favourite films. So I've got a... I don't think it's perfect, but I'll, I'll give it a 9.5. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, Looney Tunes eyeballs just popped out of my eye. My head then. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> Pro- probably being generous there. I'll give it a four. I'm also going to give it a four. Oh, Louis, come on. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. That's, uh, I think that's probably more accurate. Um, this is the most divided that we've been, I think. <laughs> Bill Undo was so quite far. dividing, but this, yeah, maybe. It was maybe only a range of takes... four till seven, though. That was a yeah. That was a scale as well. Like I think six. You, like, I probably take back my six. What's this? What is it? <laughs> what is it? What the hell oh, is that? What is it? Lemonade, Jack. Lemonade, the cordial, and what's the other thing in it? Oh, Louis, this is stay. This is staying in. This is staying in. <laughs> Uh, if you couldn't, if that wasn't picked up on Jamie's mic, a phantom man just arrived in Jamie's bedroom, handed him a cocktail, and has disappeared again. A it's pint a of cocktail. Green. A pint like, of yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not many cocktails come in pint glasses. Yeah. <laughs> but in Casa del Jamie. <laughs> time where i have to recommend uh, another piece of useless art to you all uh do you know what i'm gonna go get it from my shelf oh my god this is gonna be great for the podcast <laughs> i wanted to pick something that we haven't covered yet uh in this form and my main concern about picking this was that I didn't know whether you guys would be able to access it or not without actually physically buying a copy, but I have found a site in which you can download a PDF of it. So whack it onto your Kindles or whatever, or read it that way. I received this from our dear friend Liam Anslow Suchevich for my 22nd birthday on the night before I left to live in New Zealand for a while. It's Daniel Close comic series, like a velvet glove cast in iron. Ah. I have a link for you all to find it. I really wanted to pick something that I've never read before, but I have read this. And when I saw it on my shelf this morning, when I was lying thinking about what I should suggest, I saw that spine and thought, that thing was so mental (laughs) that it's like I've never read it before. Mm -hmm. So I would love to revisit that. And because I finished... Uh, another really good graphic novel yesterday, the Billy uh, Jimmy Corrigan, smartest kid on, in the world. Uh, I'm on a graphic novel hype right now. Right, uh, Liv, I believe you've read 
He's the same guy that wrote Ghost Town. Yeah, I read Ghost Town. I think I lent you my copy of that, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, and that's a very good one. But this is off the deep end. <laughs> that sounds cool. And I, I, I think it's going to make for some pretty interesting discussion. Nice. Is it is it like a graphic novel, or is it more of just like a series? Um, it was a series, but it's just this is just the collected works of all of it. Okay. Uh, so which one? Okay. It's called Like a Velvet Glove Cast in Iron, and I can send you all a link to the PDF. I checked that that all works, so I've got that on my phone as well. Although I would recommend buying a physical physical copy of it if you can, because the artwork's it. really good, yeah. and it's just, I always like owning the physical copies of graphic novels because they look good on the shelf. Yeah, I don't own any graphic novels, so I might have to invest. That would be a good sign. Yes. I would always recommend to uh, support the artists that that make these things. The weather's looking good this weekend, so hopefully you can sit in the garden and read. Once again, you've made it to the end. Another hour of your life that you shan't get back. But then add that to the list of hours you won't get back if you did end up watching Blue is the Warmest Colour. Um, next time, like I said previously, we'll be reading Daniel Close's comic series Like a Velvet Glove Cast in Iron. There will be a link to the PDF of that in the description of this podcast. Though once again, I do recommend that everyone just buy the copy because the artwork's wonderful. It's nicely bound support your artists uh it's pretty crazy so do mentally prepare yourself and if you'd like to submit anything then email us at submissions at cavmag it can be poems prose anything you want to go on the blog but then even questions just for the podcast we'd like to have a bit more interaction with the good people that are listening to this that aren't just my mother and father not that they'll be getting any sort of enjoyment out of this whatsoever right So that's that for another week. Until next time, so long.